And the game is, like, let's call it out, the game is you need to be less Latina, you need to be less you, you need to lose your identity and code switch. Mujer, after spending hundreds of hours of coaching clients in a one-to-one setting through private coaching, one of the things that I kept hearing from my clients was, I would like more community. And they are right. We thrive in community. We need to hear the stories of other ambitious Latinas and their desires to build wealth beyond their ancestors' wildest dreams. This is why I am so excited to share the news. Estás lista? Are you ready? Say Hola Wealth Academy is opening its doors to group coaching starting January. If you have been thinking about joining a community of badass Latinas who want to build wealth and support you along the way, this is the group coaching for you. To get the full details, join the waitlist using the link in the show notes. You can also use the link in bio on my Instagram page page at Say Hola Well Podcast or visit our website at sayolawell.com slash academy. I can't wait, busy mujer, to see you inside. Busy mujer, what is your superpoder? Perhaps you're thinking, well, I don't have any superpowers, Lucy. Why are you asking me this? Well, let me tell you that each one of us does have a superpower. And it's time that we not only show it to help and serve our community, but also it's so important that we share and celebrate our cultura. For this week's episode, I brought you an amazing mujer to talk about all of the amazing strategies she has used to become the CEO of her own life. Hello, Paulette. Welcome to Say Hola Well podcast. How are you? Woo! Excited. <laughs> very, very excited to be here. Thank you so much for making time out of your busy mujer schedule to share some wisdom with us. I I want to say, I'm thinking about how did I find, a, like, how did I? Oh, I know. <laughs> Do you know how I found you? Well, I think so. So uh, there is a finance influencer that posted something about interviewing folks for her uh, for her podcast on LinkedIn. And I was like, well, why don't you start interviewing Latinas because you're talking about the Latina wage gap. That's um, it. I'm a, and I'm an award-winning entrepreneur and I'll be happy to talk about that. And you were like, um... I'll interview you on my podcast. And it's like, yes, this is it. Let's let I I let's manifest it. And yeah. It Thank you so much for remembering that because I was thinking, how did I? Because I know I found you on uh multiple social medias that I follow, but then I was like, I was secretly spying on your content, on the things that you're sharing. And I literally like I was just attracted to your content because in my opinion, you were speaking my language. You were speaking about the things that I believed in. And so I said, I have to bring her. So yes, you're right. I, I did invite you. I said, well, I'm not an award-winning podcast yet, but please come to, come um, to say all the well. <laughs> well. Of course. I love it. Yes. 
I do because the opposite. I've been following your content since you started. I love it. I feel the same way. Like there's so many folks creating amazing content around personal and business finances, but to me, it felt like it, it speaks to so many people, but it, there's so many things I cannot relate because I'm a mommy. <laughs> I'm an entrepreneur. Like most people are talking to career folks. Like, what do you do when the income is not the same? What do we do when, you know, yes, I want to travel and do all those things, but I might, my, my son is routine. Like, <laughs> and he wants to go to college. Like, I want to, I need to be ready for that. So I, I've been a fan of yours since you launched your Instagram account, just so you know. <laughs> Thank you so much. So for those uh, people that are not familiar with you and your money story, can we please start there and your, share whatever you're comfortable sharing. So tell the busy mujeres, how did you grow up and what was your relationship with money? So my relationship with money started very, very young. I remember when I look back at like how my relationship with money started and why it's been so difficult. Um, I feel half of my therapy is about like trauma and money and the other half is money. I, I go back to remembering when I was 11, 12 years old, writing checks to help my mom pay the bills. Like she was like, these are all the accounts. She was a single mother. It was me and my brother. I'm 10 years older than my brother. And she had just separated from my stepdad. And she was sitting on the table crying right there. And as she was like adding stuff, I was writing the check and like, mommy, this goes with this and this goes with this and this goes with this. And, um, so you would think that because I was exposed to those conversations at a very early age, I will be comfortable with money, but it was, it's, it was the complete opposite. My, my only connection with money was always about the lack of, or that money is for like, it's not for us. And it's funny because I was raised by my grandparents and my mom. And my grandfather is an accountant. My aunt is an accountant. Like all CPAs all do accounting. We did not talk about money at all. I knew I liked to make money. I knew I had to hustle. I knew that like I had a scholar. I went to private school in Puerto Rico, but I threw a scholarship and I had what I needed, but I grew like I, I worked since forever and I was always hustling to to enjoy things. So my my money story was always about lacking and then having to go the extra mile to be able to enjoy it rather than what I've unlearned and, and what it, I'm getting close to today is money is some, like the money you have now, it's to build the life that you want for yourself. And I, I didn't have, I <laughs> did not have that I knew that's what I wanted the moment I decided I'm going to pursue entrepreneurship full time, even though I had finally like had the perfect salary and everything on paper made sense. The more I got to the salary, the farther away I got to living my purpose. Thank you so much for sharing that. I, I shed a tear or two when you're talking about how, um, you were writing checks for for your parents and i think as you know first gen latinas or even immigrants that come from very humble beginnings 
we have been exposed to so much financial trauma that mm -hmm. we don't like the word trauma. It's so uncomfortable. But as you're talking about how you were doing this, you know, task or chore of writing the check, you were just not writing a check for your parents. You were not just translating for your parents. You were also hearing the stress, hearing that oh, there's yes. not enough. And so this is something that guilt. it was also like, but like if my mom went on overdraft, I feel guilty at 11. Oh, I wrote that check, do the math correctly, but it is my fault that this exactly. happened because I wrote it down and I put it on the envelope and we sent it to the electric. And exactly. And so a lot of, a lot of my, my, the clients that I've served, we, I don't tell them let's, let's do the budget right away. Like I want them to understand why, you know, they feel the way they feel about like resisting looking at their finances or resisting looking at a budget. And uh, your story, by the way, is the story of many of the mujeres that I've served. And so understanding that those situations, those moments, those past experiences are what shape your beliefs around money is so important. So I, I you did make me cry. I was like, oh, oh my God, like this is so powerful because we don't hear people talking about these and Sometimes it feels uncomfortable, right? To talk about trauma because we automatically assume that there's something wrong with us, but there's nothing wrong with us. You know, we are badass Latinas who are paving the way and we have to start seeing ourselves as that. So thank you so much for sharing that again. Um, what are some of the money limiting beliefs that you had to let go of to help you be where you are today? I The biggest one, and I still go back to it and have to like... <laughs> Like, pull it. Like, is this it? reality? Is that money is not evil? I grew up, and you know, and a part of it was my dad's family who were very social impact, nonprofit focused. And then for my mom's side, they were very like business, not business, but corporate focused. You get the job and you do the work and you work hard, you know. And all that, right? Like, get the corporate ladder. That should be your focus because we weren't able to do it. And then there, there was a lot of pressure put in from that side. And then from my dad's side, it was more like it, they were all hippies. And my grandmother, you know, and a hippie and like doing yoga. And she, and she actually was the director of the Department of Labor in Puerto Rico. But she was more about like, you know, help everyone. And you should be working in nonprofits because I wasn't able to work with nonprofits. And for like the my whole career, my 16 years of career, I spent it in the nonprofit space. Number one, always earning the least, not just for my industry or what I was doing, but also because I was usually the only Latina in leadership positions or the, the, or the youngest person in leadership positions, because I take leadership very seriously, and leadership development, um, and managing folks and building teams. So I was the only one. And even though I was negotiating, I, I wasn't negotiating the right way. Or, um, you know, research shows that Latinas and black women negotiate their salaries and um, promotions at the same rate as white men, we just don't get them. Uh, so 
I was doing all those things and still falling behind, but then working in the nonprofit space where for the employees money, you know, our funders are telling us what to do when we know what our community deserves. So there's this back and forth where, you know, part of it was family and <laughs> society indoctrination of el dinero is malo, like having money is it's bad because in philanthropy is the have nots, the haves and the have nots. And while we're in the middle, like Por favor, un poquito, <laughs> to be able to like pay myself a little bit and, and help these communities. So the my relationship with looking at wealth, not just money, but looking at wealth was something that I did not want to be a part of. Like here are the people who are, are killing puppies and and making doing evil. Like, and then they want to tell me, like, I can't get a raise because now they don't want to fund this. And they've been talking for years. They care about children. Now they don't. Um, so it was, I didn't see myself as part of it because it was so far removed. But and I think it's also because I wasn't, you know, the, those money stories, right? Like I wasn't seeing gente like me being able to build wealth and reinvest it in things that they cared about. So it was also this like disconnection and lack of representation and seeing my leadership in my career as my family's definition of success and society's definition of success rather than my personal definition of success. So when those things came to like crash, I was like, then maybe there's another way to do this <laughs> or at least let me try to do it another way and if I fail I filmed so and so many other things <laughs> oh my goodness so much there to share I remember one of your posts talking about how you left corporate because you were underpaid you had you know you were just um essentially not being value and I believe that was the post that brought me back to you because that was me that was my story you know that was my story of being the first one in my family to go to high school go to college have this what it seemed to be like the perfect corporate career right mm -hmm. like I was wearing like expensive suits I was just like the leader but I was the only Latina in the room and then I didn't have the support I needed to stay afloat And when I got pregnant, I was literally told by one of my managers, oh, now you're one of those women in the company with that problem. And that oh was God. the line that broke me. I mean, it literally sent me to therapy, you know, to be full transparent. I believe and, it. I, I know the line that sent me to therapy. So I believe it. And I, you know, when I sat you, now I see your passion to help other Latinas and women of color become the CEOs, uh, really not only of their business, but also of their life through leadership skills. So when did you, Paulette, decided that it was time to be on the front seat of your own destiny? Because I want to know the chisme. <laughs> yeah, do you want to know the chisme? It's similar, like, it's the same thing that happened to you. There was what I was at work. I was you know, the only Latina in the leadership team. Um, I did that we did have an executive that was Latina, but she was not about us. <laughs> she was she was like, no, I don't like those things. Um, and I sat down with my manager 
And she said, you have so much promise. You have so potential. You might be, you know, when I'm ready to run this organization, you might be the person sitting right next to me. But I need to tell you (laughs) that if you stop trying to be so Latina and being with the Latinos, what she really wants to say, like, being with the entry level staff, um, being like, stop, like even just sitting down in the lunchroom with the Latinos and then come sit with us. Because when you sit with us, I can be your ally. And I said, what do you mean sit with us? I was just like, say it, say it, say it. And she said, well, you know, I can be your ally if you start um, staying in the spaces with the with the white leadership because that is where you'll grow. And I just sat there and I was like, this is so much to unpack. But it was very clear to me that I had, I knew it, but it was the first time someone like slapped me in the face with it of and another, another woman, a, a very successful woman. And that was like, if you want to be successful, you have to play the game. And the game is, like, let's call it out, the game is you need to be less Latina. You need to be less you. You need to lose your identity and code switch with the white people. It was very clear. And this is an organization that had a Black female CEO and that had a Latina in the executive level. But the filter to get there was all white leadership. And they were like, if you want to get there, because we're, she's about to retire, the next, the next people are us, you have to play the game and playing the game is being less you. And that sent me into it was such a physical reaction that not just I went into a depression, because I felt like this is the end of my career, I am not willing to do that. That is not the sacrifice that I'm willing to take. And I I just uprooted my whole, like my kids, my husband from Puerto Rico to move here. And this is the end of my career. What am I going to do? And not only did I go into a depression, that night I attempted suicide. Oh, wow. Because I had seen other people that had been told something similar. And I was like, this is it. I have nothing else. We will never like, I will never be able to give my family anything. So what do I do? Thank you so much for sharing that. I know that is, I'm, I like, I need to pass a little bit just so I can catch my breath because I think that we have been, I love the word you used earlier, like indoctrinized to believe that we have to stop being who we are in order to succeed. And just like you, I was told us so many times and I'm not gonna say that I didn't play the game because there were some sometimes when I wanted to I decided I chose to play the game simply because there were many many times when I kept hearing that well you can only get three percent so for me the way of earning more was by applying for the next position right and that came with a lot of sacrifice that at that time I just sat as well I have to do it right I'm privileged I'm more privileged than my mother mm-hmm. I have to stay I have to keep pushing through and it wasn't until I became a mom that 
or I wasn't ready a mom yet, but I had my daughter in my womb. And I remember thinking of her, you know, like what, what am I teaching her? Am I teaching her that she needs to hide her identity? Am I teaching her that she has to sacrifice her mental health for somebody else's business? I was like, (laughs) I was like, I was like, heck no. And, you know, I had the, I had the opportunity to leave because my, my husband had already left his own business, his own corporate career because he was seeing the same thing. And my husband is a white man, by the way, but he was seeing the same thing of a corporation that wasn't serving the people that he wanted to serve. So he said, adios, right? And he he opened his own business. And so I was privileged enough to say, I'm leaving too. But it came with so much. But now- I love love too. My husband was like, I don't want to get involved in your career. And I respect that. But I cannot lose my wife. Yeah, exactly. So he said, like, we need to, like, do we need to go to a hospital? Do we, like, what? But you need to quit this job. My husband worked with the same company. Oh wow! Different experience, whole different department. And I, I quit the next day. I took a nine month hiatus, like sabbatical, because I was privileged with all that guilt that you said, right? Like with all that guilt, but I was able to take nine months just to heal because it was like I, I felt like I couldn't even breathe yeah and it takes a while to heal from that you know uh it it really is a traumatic experience and i think sometimes corporate leaders don't understand the power of their words and they i think that in in most cases they're not even accountable for what they're saying and you know it's really sad because there are a lot of latinas out there who have amazing gifts to give not only in the corporate city but also as an entrepreneur, right? So how can they navigate the being authentically themselves, right? Like owning their cultura, but also showing up authentically as leaders in any area that they choose. After that, I was, I took a nine months, I homeschooled my daughter. I was like, we can't pay um, Boston prices for childcare <laughs> on one salary. So I, I uh, homeschooled my daughter, Sophia. And I healed and went through therapy. And I went back and I don't want to be like, Paulette, stop code switching. No, that didn't happen (laughs) immediately. uh, It took many years to get to where I'm at today. What I would say is that um, when I went back into corporate, right, into full-time job, I knew what were the things that I wanted to bring into that space, right? Like, you can't get leadership if you don't get (laughs) Paulette's a son, (laughs) like, be part of it. And I... I started being very clear on like, I see see what you're doing. I see why you want me on the website photo. (laughs) So I, I see why you want me to go to that podcast interview. Is this serving my goals? Is this going to help me build my brand? Then I'm going to do it because then you go prepared into it's it's I I tell folks all the time whether it's clients or whether it's your job it's an equal partnership it's a strategic Mm -hmm. partnership they do not hold all the power over you so when you're going into a job what we're going into a salary negotiation when you're doing a performance review you are this is a strategic partnership this is a collaboration even if it doesn't feel like it where you are sharing your strengths or superpoder your talent, your skills, your education, and the least that you can expect is not just the right compensation, 
but also the environment and the ecosystem where you can do your work and thrive. And with clients, it's the same thing. You are sharing your knowledge, your experience, everything that you know to provide a transformation for your client. And then they are showing up, they are compensating you for that work. Um, so it's a strategic partnership. So, you know, if you're in the, I, I just can't leave this job, or I have that consulting client that I don't love, but I need to keep it because it pays the bills. We've all been there. Um, but be very clear exactly about what you need and what in part of that relationship, what in part of that strategic collaboration is going to get you closer to your goals without sacrificing your soul in the process. So I knew what I wanted to say yes to. I knew what were the positions that I was going to be applying for. I knew what the things I was going to uh, prioritize for my promotions. I started negotiating my salary every six months. Oh, well, let's wait until the performance review. Well, actually, I need to do it now because you're currently writing the grant proposals. So by the time our performance review comes, you already know what the budget for the next fiscal year is. So you know, you take accountability, you you decide what is important to you. And then it's not really then playing the game It's being very aware that what are the things that serve you and your goals and your VC on? And what are the things that you just have to say no? So if that means for, for those bilingual hairfuzz listening, if they're not compensating you to be do bilingual work, then you, you, you do not speak Spanish. And it's, oh, we called you. Well, here are the translation services until you get compensated. It, it means that you are constantly, you know, documenting your wins. Uh, so when you go into negotiation discussions, you're not just doing negotiation, you let them know from the get-go that this is an equal partnership and this is what I need to be successful in the role. And the same thing with clients, that you are selling and taking the lead in client conversation because it's an equal partnership and this is how the relationship is going to go. So I, I took that approach and it really helped me heal too because I, I had power in the situation. I was able to make decisions. I was able to say, this is not what I'm willing to do. And you already know. <laughs> You already know, Paula. So if not, do we need to have another conversation? I love and, it. And take that power back. That doesn't mean that I stopped code switching, but it meant that it was in my terms. And it helped me go into a space where I'm now, que me vale madre, because I'm not code switching and I'm respectful and assertive. But you get Paula, Bad Bunny lyrics, uh... <laughs> Malaula, sweet, will always do the, will always go above and beyond, but it's still me. And that doesn't happen like from one day to the next. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you have shown that the power of healing and the power of owning your authenticity, la cultura, right? Like who you are. Um, I try not to say bad words just because I'm so good at it. And once I start, it's just like I can't stop. Like I'm I'm very very good. And so now I I try to you know, and it's not that it's not that I'm hiding who I am, but I'm just choosing because I have little ones. You know, they're they're two and a half and, and four. And so whatever they hear, they're gonna repeat, right? Right? Mm -hmm. And so oh, yeah. 
And so I'm, I'm very careful of no saying stuff like that. But I, I love how you are encouraging mujeres to negotiate their salaries every six months because, you know, the cultura is always like, mm -hmm. oh, calladita te ves más bonita, right? Like, don't ask for more. Just keep, keep playing safe. And the reality is that we are in control of our destiny and our money, too. Sometimes yes. we think that other people has the power of our earning potential and it's like no we are in control of all of that so Paulette now with your business um for those mujeres that have no idea who you are which I hope after this podcast they just follow <laughs> you because <laughs> yeah they need to tell us about your business like what do you do how are you growing your business what are the best practices that you're implementing in your you know CEO uh, role but also to keep showing, like you just said, malablada, con tu superpoder, like everything that you're doing. Yeah, so my I have a company called Unstoppable Latina, and I guide Latina entrepreneurs to harness their superpoderes, amplify their voice, and live their purpose, so they become unstoppable CEOs. And I, I use the word CEO because language has power, right? Like we have perceptions of terms, like the term CEO, Oh, the executive or boss or jefa, right? And when I, I've been a leadership coach for since I launched my business in early 2020, but I've been a leadership coach also as part of my career, I guess a certified part of my career and also coaching leaders and, and direct reports and teams. So I, I realized that it wasn't just that Latinas were looking for leadership support and leadership development. There is this, you know, because when we think about Latina leadership, it's, you know, community organizers and, and entrepreneurs and everyone and career women and corporate and nonprofit. And what I was seeing and what I was experiencing myself was that, you know, when you are in a job, you are expected to have a professional development plan. You're reading the book, the Harvard Business Review, right? like you are on top of your industry. When you become an entrepreneur, there is this, especially if you're the only entrepreneur in your circle, in your ecosystem, in la familia, la amistade, not only you have difficulty to find someone to relate to and be candid and honest, there's also this expectation that like, you made it. That means that you have it all figured out. So why you have questions about finances? Why didn't then why did you become an entrepreneur? Oh, you don't know how to hire people? And there was there was this group of Latina entrepreneurs that were like, hey, I need leadership support too. And even more now, this space is so lonely. It's already lonely for everyone. Once you add not having anyone in your ecosystem, like, you know, we have we have kids. So we are working on our businesses during the day. And then let, let's take them to soccer, the doctor's appointments. That's the time our amigas that work in corporate spaces, that's not, they don't want to work that time. And you can't call them to talk about that client that didn't want to pay you while they're at work. Um, so there, there is there is a need for Latina entrepreneurs to continue to develop their leadership. And now it's very different. Now it's not just about leadership development, it's about knowing how to pitch themselves, to talk about their superpoderes with confidence, to be able to understand business development and close clients and build sales pipelines and and marketing funnels. Um, so that's what I do at Unstoppable Latina. And part like a big part.
part of it is you're no longer a freelancer. You're no longer a solopreneur, a mommypreneur with still, you know, that's still who we are. But let's go through this process so you can start calling yourself the CEO of your business. Because different from the entrepreneur, which is very like output uh, reactive, a CEO is a proactive strategic planner of their company. And there's three things that a CEO does. Of all the hundreds of things that we do, there's three major buckets. The first one is the CEO sets the vision of the company. This is what we this is where we want to go. This is the world we want to create. This is our purpose. Then they create a strategy. They create a plan to to make that vision a reality. And the third thing is they inspire others to take action. Whether that's clients, whether that's through thought leadership, marketing, their amistades, los vecino, it doesn't matter, right? Whoever is in their ecosystem, their staff, their contractors, a hemp and fiber, <laughs> whoever <laughs> you have around you and around your business, you inspire them to take action. And as an entrepreneur, it's very re you know reactive. But as a CEO, then you need to start saying like, oh, well, I need to create vision. I need to do quarter four planning. I need to start doing strategic planning. Um, maybe I don't know my vision. Maybe I need to take a step back and, you know, create my why, what, how statements. That mindset shift then allows you to also tell different stories about dinero for your business. Because Absolutely. now you have a vision. What is, what, is, what is the money that I need? What are the projections? What are the changes that I need to make to my business? And also you set boundaries with yourself of for me to achieve that vision and put the plan in motion, I need to inspire the right people that I'm best positioned to support, best positioned to help rather than todo el mundo and then be miserable because para eso me voy a trabajar. Yeah. And I, you know, since I've been um, part of the online business, you know, particularly of like the coaching industry, I see a lot of um, a lot of people that are, you know, buying a service or another coaching package. And sometimes they don't have the money for it. Right. And so I, I want to say that I was uh, guilty of that at the beginning of my business too, like thinking, oh, I just, I want to be part of that because I was looking for community. And now one of the things that I do as part of like the CEO, not only identity mentality, but also the action of a CEO is I still look around, you know, what programs are out there and I don't make any buys. Like if they're like closing card or if they're like last chance, I'm telling myself, I have actually have like a checklist where I have to be like, okay, I love it. What, what What's going to be my ROI? What's the time commitment? When am I going to get my money back? Right. And what I do, because I do love supporting other Latino owned businesses in our community is I just write a sticky note of the community that I want to be part of. And that pushes me to say, well, if I want to be part of that community, I have to have a plan on how I'm going to bring my cash flow, right? On how I'm going to serve my clients. And at the end of the day, if, if I look at my numbers and my, my numbers make sense, then that is my reward to myself that I get to invest in another coach, right? And so uh, speaking of investing, what is one investment that you've made in yourself that you're like, I'm so freaking proud of myself for investing in that? The biggest investment that I've made in myself has been on time rather than money. And I, I a lot of my clients say, well, 
how can I still do social impact, but I still make money? Like you don't have to have, you know, I, I believe in luxury pricing if you're providing, you know, high quality transformation. Um, and I see the right, I have a list too of like, here are some of the programs or accelerators that I'm interested in. Um, I also look it through a lens of anti-racist business development because that's what I do, right? I do anti-basis, uh, uh, anti-racist business development and equity-centered leadership development. So I'm like, are they upholding like those same values with their messaging, with their offer? They aren't. So it might sound great on that landing page. Um, they might have the right marketing, but it's not for me. But the, the best investment I've made in myself has been time. And it's been two things. One, I, I just wrapped up a local accelerate like in person hosted by the city where I live. Um, and it was a six month um, accelerator with a focus on scaling my business and the city uh, paid for the program. So I took it as a grant. But I was there every Tuesday for six and a half months, all day and Tuesday. Um, and it was a big time commitment, not just for that, but because I was building my strategic growth plan and taking classes and <laughs> meetings and coachings and, you know, those sessions. So an investment that it was completely tied to my business. It was part, you know, I've done a lot of investments for myself. At that moment, I realized that I needed to make an investment for my business, for my business strategy, for me to level up my CEO game. And then I, the other, the other big investment that I've made has been about my own development. So I've, I've done coaching programs, which are more focused on myself. I, you know, I work with Ashley Soyanov. She's my coach, not just my amiga. <laughs> But she's also my coach and we, we focus more on myself. Um, also as an ADHD entrepreneur, okay, you know, I always have shiny object syndrome and I need to be pulled back. Um, but scheduling time for, for weekly learning. So I have Wednesday's blog half the day that is just for learning. Podcasts or reading articles that I see throughout the week rather than like, oh, I'm a Laura. I just put that on my calendar, my description. Love it. Um, reading, um, catching up on some like courses, even like LinkedIn learning courses that I've been wanting to complete. So I blog that time. And then on Fridays, I blog about two and a half, three hour blog, depending on how my week is for strategy time. How do I implement my, my weekly learning, the work that I've done this week? And then, you know, and I do this exercise with my clients plus Delta forward, what worked really well, well, were the wins? What are the things that did not work? You know, the things that I learned and then forward, what are my commitments to action for the next week? And it might feel like it's just an investment on time in my company, but it's an investment on time of me being the CEO of my company. Because when we look at research on how the biggest, the CEOs of the Fortune 100 companies spend their time, 60% of the time is in strategy time. They're not yep. talking to people, they're not going on Zoom calls. No, it's strategy is is making their brains work and making connections from what they experience or their direct reports are telling them. So 
those two investments, an accelerator that was for my business, because that was my immediate need going from growth to scale. And then the time to learn for myself and then to synthesize that learning and what I experienced throughout the week are the biggest investments and are the investments that I always recommend entrepreneurs to do within their own businesses, whether this is a side hustle or this is your full-time, you know, um, income stream. Because if not, it's very easy to just go on the to-do list. And I, you know, my business needs to work for me. Yeah. I'm not working for my business. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I also want to add that prioritizing your health as a CEO is is so critical. And I think, you know, sometimes because we get triggered, right? When we see on social media, somebody else launching a group or somebody else posting that they made, you know, $100 in a month. Seven figure in 60 days. <laughs> and you're like... <laughs> What what am I missing? And, and so yeah. you know that puts us an in SBA a, loan. We're missing a half a million dollar SBA loan. They just don't say that, but right? that's what it is. And so and so we you know we get triggered. We're like, what am I doing wrong? What am I not doing this? And so I do appreciate you sharing the importance of a structure and being a strategic because you know since I started focusing more on that myself and honestly like you know medium par de cachetaditas I was like what are you doing you already know what you're doing like you yes. were doing this in corporate like why why are you you know um pretending that you're not a ceo you were a ceo before but now you're the ceo of your company so knock it out right so that's when i said like because i was like if community is what you want then go out in the community <laughs> go yes. out in your own community and start you know um having those strategic partnerships with for me really have helped me a lot in terms of like the growth of my business, you know, and I, I have been able to now have a multidimensional business within my own business. So I don't have to reinvent the wheel. I don't have to create another program. I don't have to, you know, hustle, 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 because I'm so good at it too. If I start, I can't stop. Right. So I, I appreciate you saying that so much. So I have two more questions for you. One is what is your definition of wealth? And then Second, how can we support the work that you're doing? My definition of wealth is to have the freedom, the rest, <laughs> and the excitement to make my dreams happen. Whatever that means, whether it's wealth of time, wealth of love, wealth of money, <laughs> um, I need to be able to do those things. Right? Follow my dreams. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> do, work that, do work that I'm passionate about and rest because I I didn't rest for such a long time. I'm a mom, I became a mom at, t- at 20 and then at 25. I've never rested. <laughs> Um, I moved from Puerto Rico to Massachusetts with no no friends, no family close by to figure it out, to get my son special. Like I, I spent my whole life giving and giving and giving and giving and giving that the moment that I decided to take back, that to me was wealth. Loving myself, knowing myself and resting, be- and, and resting because that to me is self-care. That to me is pouring into myself so I can show up. Um, to better support my community and those around me. I love it. And how can we support the work that you're doing? Yes, you can support the work that I do by following 
me at unstoppable underscore Latina on Instagram. I share a lot of resources and um, also on LinkedIn. I share a lot of resources on Instagram, but my platform of choice, I am a LinkedIn lover. <laughs> I love LinkedIn. I have uh, my personal blog there. I share a lot of content um, and I share a lot of resources and grants and RFPs and opportunities for Latina entrepreneurs. And you can find me on LinkedIn and LinkedIn as Paulette Pinero. There's no N <laughs> uh, on, the, on the URL. So Paulette Pinero on LinkedIn and unstoppable underscore Latina on Instagram. Thank you so much, Paulette. And Mujeres, we will be um, adding Paulette's links and handles and everything you need to follow on the show notes. So make sure that you check them out. Thanks again for coming to the podcast. Oh my God, no, muchas gracias for the invite. This is a great conversation. Thank you, Paulette. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you are ready to take control of your dinero, download our free 15-page Latina's Guide to Building Wealth, the ultimate blueprint to create your dinero systems. This guide includes the best tips on mindset, budgeting, and the dinero systems you need to build wealth. It is completely free, and to get a copy, you need to go to sayolawell.com and enter code WEALTH at checkout and start creating your wealthy life today. Until next time, mujer, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay inspired. On the Say Hola Well podcast and associated entities, all information provided is for general informational purposes only, and it does not constitute legal accounting, tax, or other legal advice. Listeners should not act upon the content information without seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professionals. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this podcast and associated entities and disclaim all liabilities with respect to such information, including but not limited to any liabilities for errors, inaccuracy, omission, misleading, or defamatory statements. Usage of this podcast and associated content constitutes an explicit understanding and acceptance of the terms of this disclaimer.